today on Knucklehead Podcast. Today we cover not participating in the world of filters, entrepreneurs that can talk to you and give you real information, like Derek from Total Health Evolution. For one, I felt like um, I felt like that was the point where it really tested me as an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. That is really when you're at that point of either you're gonna put up or shut up. Alright. Hey, what's up y'all? This is Knucklehead Podcast. We got uh, we got D White in the house. Derek White is a buddy of mine. Hey, listen, uh, before we get rolling, uh, Total Health Evolution, uh, one of our first guests here at Knucklehead Podcast. Uh, but Knucklehead is on SoundCloud. We are Knucklehead Podcast. We're Facebook, unofficial Knucklehead, Instagram. Knucklehead Podcast. We're on Twitter. We're on all that social media stuff. So follow us there. Download. Also, we got uh, we got Derek here. Um, just a quick background on Derek. Derek can talk a little bit about um, you know what he's what he's done, the things that he's done. We know each other from uh, the Marine Corps. Uh, we also know each other because he just trained my wife uh, in her first fitness competition. Uh, Derek's been doing that for how, many, how long? You been in fitness now? Eight years. A year. And so some of that overlaps with time in the Marine Corps, though, too, yep. right? I started doing personal training while I was in the Marine Corps. Really? Mm-hmm. So you're burning a candle at, at both ends. That's what I do. That's what I do, man. I, I feel you there. So, uh, D.Y., you own uh, Total Health Evolution. You got supplements in stores. You got distribution here in Central Texas, or where, where at? Correct. So the supplements are distributed out of Central Texas, but they go all around. Um Primarily at local gyms to uh, just kind of cater to their small clientele, but uh, as of right now, it's local and distributes across states statewide. Sweet, that's um, that's a uh, that's something that you started um, out of a need, or how did you get started with the supplement business? Well, the supplements it came down to um, it's kind of funny. So for the longest, I, I kind of railed against. Uh, supplement uh, stores because I didn't feel like they gave the correct guidance to their buyers. So you would have someone who would sell um, an appetite suppressant without inquiring about the number of calories that the person was consuming. So you can't realistically, well, you shouldn't, you can, you just shouldn't uh, tell someone how to suppress their appetite if they're already not eating enough. Yeah, that makes sense. And if their goal is to lose weight, uh, some people don't understand the whole idea that it is possible to not eat enough to lose weight. Uh, you also have people who, supplement stores who will sell fat burners and uh, um, thermogenics to people and not inquire or even at least give the heads up to consume more water. And so it mainly came down to if people really want it, they really want something that uh, can aid them in their in their fitness goals, at least have the the guidance to go along with it. So it was uh, more so of uh, if this is what they want, this is how they should probably take it and uh, kind of educate them along the process. So it's interesting how you kind of came up with that, uh, that solution, to be honest with you, because it, it ties in with what the purpose of this, not only just what this podcast is, mm-hmm. but um, it, uh, it, you know, I was listening to somebody a little bit earlier, they were talking about how, you know, when you have, uh, somebody who's who's identified a problem um it's one thing to identify a problem it's another thing to identify a problem come up with a solution and then implement that solution right right? so a lot of times our mistakes and everybody knows that the point of this podcast is is really just to highlight 
the fact that nobody's perfect. You don't have to live in a world of filters. You don't have to, um, you don't have to essentially present one image on uh, social media to create a, a smoke and mirrors. And, um, and to a certain extent, Derek and I, what we experienced when we were in the Marine Corps was the training and this propping up of a, a framework of, hey, here's how you go from undisciplined uh, civilian, you know, parents are making your bed the week before you join Marine Corps. I, I, I don't know if that was true for you. That was not true for me. <laughs> but, you know, there was some guys in our platoon that felt that way. And then now all of a sudden you're a fully functioning, you know, rifle carrying, um, disciplined, in some cases, knucklehead, but in most cases you're at least a basic Marine. Of course. And, uh, and now you have this framework to, to operate in and be successful. And when that goes away in the world of entrepreneurship, there's, there's no framework. Um, and you were doing both at the same time. So if it's okay with you, talk me th- or walk me through kind of whenever you first decided, you know what, I'm going to start a business, but you're still active duty Marine. You still have the obligations. Uh, you still got physical fitness requirements. You got personalities that are dynamic that you're working with at the office. You're raising a family. I mean, you got a bunch of stuff going on. Talk to me about starting a business. So I was that weird kid, uh, in second and third grade when everybody else, uh, would tell the teacher, I want to be a doctor, lawyer, president when I grew up. I was that You want to be a doctor? Really? No. I was oh. that, when other kids would say oh. that, <laughs> I was that weird kid that said I want to be an entrepreneur. Uh, and probably before I know how to spell it. Uh, it's cool. just something about the whole idea of entrepreneurship has always excited me. Just uh, the general idea that everything that you look at, everything that you touch, everything that, that you see um, started in somebody's brain and then evolved into what you see in front of you. That's awesome. I just always thought that was inspirational and just, uh, just incredible. Just something that the human body could do. Did you see, did you see somebody doing it? Like, and you're like, man, that's, I'm going to do that. No, once again, being that weird kid, I would always ask like me, who thought of like blinds, who thought of curtains. And then like, eventually like it started once you get to that point with adults, especially when you have kids that, you know, like they go through the Y phase. And at some point you've got to kind of give them like this little broad thing that's going to confuse the hell out of them for like the next 10 years. Yeah, the response that I got back was it was invented by an entrepreneur. Like, wait a minute, what's an entrepreneur? Entrepreneur is somebody who, you know, they solve problems, they come up with their own businesses, they invent things, it's a host of things. So that's what I attached myself to. And I don't think I learned what an entrepreneur was until like five years later. So it's interesting, the the way that you describe that, you essentially you saw what everybody else was doing and you just decided to go the opposite way. Pretty much. Right, so... It was a knucklehead. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it is. It is that way. I mean, and we—it's a conscious decision. You're like, oh, well, I'm going to do what everybody else is not doing. Exactly. Um, and and so obviously you you're met with resistance when you decide to do that. Of course. Right. And when when you're uh, when you're met with resistance, you know some of the framework that you developed in the Marine Corps, at least disciplines are, you know, we run towards challenges, mm-hmm. right? And don't tell me I can't do something because I'm going to go show you I'm going to do it. Right. Uh, what happens whenever you make that decision and all of a sudden success doesn't follow those actions? Because that also happens in entrepreneurship. It does. Uh, so just to moonwalk just a bit, uh, my first business was actually started at the ripe age of 20 years old. Uh, I started a business called International Linguistics. It was a linguistics company. I still have my very first polo shirt from that. And uh, the whole idea was I was a contractor where I would subcontract uh, linguistic work to people who were bilingual in different industries. And I did that while I was uh, an undergrad and took that business to Belize. And that's the very first major failure of uh, entrepreneurship. 
Uh, at 21 years old, I went to Belize to establish a call center um, with very little operating capital, uh, very little knowledge of uh, getting business loans. Uh, I mean, not to really tell my age, but social media wasn't really that big then. Yeah. <laughs> you still had to use a college uh, email to get on the Facebook. Yeah. Um, all that good stuff. But it was just a lot of things I did not know. That's cool. And I was presented with a really great opportunity uh, to open a call center in Belize. Um, and just my sheer ignorance, um, pretty much uh, I talked myself out of it. So yeah. I came back stateside. Fear of failure is a really real it thing. Is. It was definitely paralysis by analysis. And yeah. um, also just intertwined with just, just true lack of knowledge. Uh, yeah. 20, 21 years old is a lot of things that you just don't know, especially when you're trying to dive in that deep into something that, uh, that massive. So That's uh, awesome. Um, uh, so I don't mean to, to cut you off. No, go for uh, it. So fear of failure, you talked yourself out of it. Right. But you had talked to somebody. Is this something you just did? Or did you talk to somebody about the process? I'm going to go to Belize. I'm going to do um, this you know, call center thing. Or did you just go into it and not talk to anybody <laughs> about it? Just went into it. Okay, so you, when, you said, when you said you talked yourself out of it, you didn't talk to anybody beforehand. So really, it was just all that energy that went into it. It was just now you're dealing with the blowback of doubt and fear and right. all that crap. So the the call center itself, going to Belize, the call center, all the that good stuff uh, was not something that was an aspiration. Yeah. Uh, Starting international linguistics. Um, with the goal of uh, just building a business that uh, that I felt like people needed. Uh, yeah. It went through a few different phases, but I went to a Chamber of Commerce meeting in Houston, and um, they had a need for a linguistics company, regardless of uh, if it was well-developed or if it was still in its infancy. Okay. Um, and there I was. And they had also established an economic partnership with Belize. Really? And, uh, the city of Houston? Uh, yeah. So it was the city of Houston uh, during this time. This was uh, 2001. Oh, you're from Houston now. Well, from- ish. Yeah. Okay. But um, so they, um, they, they established this, this partnership. And we went down there as part of this whole uh, economic uh, driven mission initiative thing. And um, it was interesting. I learned a lot, learned a lot about the different cultures, but when they took me out there, I was really expecting just to learn what was out there and what type of need I can fulfill. Yeah. And being that they spoke mostly English uh, with a bit of a, a Creole form of, uh, from the CARICOM islands or CARICOM region, there was really no need in my eyes for uh, linguistic services. But there was an opportunity to open a call center which would yield upwards towards 300% of profit because of the cost of living wages um, and everything along those lines. And it was just a beautiful opportunity. But because it was never a true aspiration of mine, I didn't, you, you didn't really have the passion for right. it to fuel you past exactly. that fear of failure. Right. Now, I understand that. I, I understand that. It, because you, you touched on a point about low low capitalization or low low um, at least resources accessible to you at this point so if in fact you're going to bridge the gap you got to go take somebody else's money mm-hmm. and if you're not going to see that project all the way through fear of failure is not a it's not a uh, it's not anything to mess around with all right because if i mean that's a 
That's a big deal. I understand that. Yeah. That's a far cry away from <laughs> fitness services, though, man. So it is. Fitness services, Marine Corps. Um, so the mistakes that you that you took from that uh, experience. So if you can walk me through um, maybe two mistakes that you felt like you made, uh, aside from the fact that you didn't have somebody talking with you about this, that you feel like actually helped you learn on your next endeavor. Oh, I'll tell you uh, right off the top. Um, so the way I decided to uh, self-finance for yeah. my call center was to go and become a club promoter and generate money that way. Okay. Um, yeah, that... In Belize? No, no, oh. no. It was in Houston. I got you. Um, but that, that ended up being a lot more difficult than I thought. For one, I was still young and yeah, I got yeah. caught oh, up yeah. in the lifestyle. Uh-huh. And then... Uh, and then two, it was just uh, it was just more challenging. But I learned more trying to hustle to build up the money yep. for Belize, being a club promoter and working in the club industry. Yep. And truth be told, I think the best entrepreneurial experience and lessons that I learned was working in the club industry because you okay. have to learn how to interact with people. You have to learn how to read people. Yep. Uh, you have to learn how to promote, market yourself. And once again, not to show my age, but this is before social media. Uh, this is we had to kind of push things on MySpace. Um, <laughs> that's it just cracked the For all of you one. who are listening who are millennials, well, this this pre social media, this pre social media was not in the seventies. There, there was there was not quite that uh, season. So um, it was it was though probably in the nineties. No, yeah. So I'm just, I'm just kidding. Wait, you're only thirty eight now, right? Thirty eight, thirty nine, thirty six, thirty six. He's not that old. Yeah, kidding me? I'm thirty five. all right so uh so you had that you had to learn how to how to function first of all uh being a promoter correct right because you have somebody else's services talents gifts and abilities that you're trying to market to promotion Mm -hmm. right excuse me market to uh uh, um uh, clubs right right it wasn't your talent no it wasn't your gift it was somebody else's so you were a talent broker in a way you, yeah, you're like, all right, listen, you can have 500 people coming into your club on Friday and Saturday night. I'm going to book five shows or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Is that kind of ish? Ish. For the most all right. part. All right. So, to a certain extent, you, you've always been kind of in coordinating logistics. You've always been uh, kind of bridging the gap and helping people come together, of course, which also makes sense on why you want to do fitness shows mm-hmm. now, but I'm sure you'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, so, Marine Corps, that, uh, that doesn't necessarily line up with with um, entrepreneurship, but you see a lot of Marines understand the discipline component and the framework and the way that they structure small unit leadership, they parlay that into successful business ownership or high level, C-level, you know, executive level management out in there in corporate America. Mm-hmm. Uh, why didn't you just go that route instead of being an entrepreneur? Uh, once again, going back to that creepy kid, uh, I always wanted to be my own boss. Okay. Uh, do you like being told what to do? I don't mind it. I'm actually a good student. Really? I am. Uh, like even as a fitness professional, I go I to like... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can, but you know, it, it's okay. I, I like being told what to do if I respect the person who's telling me. I, I think it also, for me, it, it depends on the profession. That's true. So like, uh, for me, as a fitness professional, I've gone to like gyms. I'm not going to like say their names and give them free promotion, but I've gone to gyms where uh, certain like uh, classes were being held and... Um, I don't give any pushback. I don't like inquiring questions. Like you got a coach, what do you want me to do? Yeah. All right, you know, like I'll go through the motions because 
being somebody who is a fitness professional, I respect the profession. Yep. And uh, so I'm going to let you do your thing because I also know what it feels like to get pushed back when you're trying to do your job. <laughs> so it's just, you know. That. Um, tell me about a tell me about a time where um, you know you were getting out of the Marine Corps, where you said, you know what, um, I, I think I got to go back to work. I can't I can't continue to be an entrepreneur. This is this is uh, like, did you ever did you ever feel like you had to go back to work as opposed to just running a business? Oh hell yeah. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Uh, so as soon as I got out of the Marine Corps, uh, I thought I thought I prepared well to exit the Marine Corps. When you say you thought you prepared well, right? That insinuates that you talked to somebody about this. Yes. Okay. Uh, you go through the whole transition counseling and that type of thing. I did that. Uh, I had grievances with the transition assistance program and all this other stuff because I really felt like ego. Really felt like, you know, I've crossed all my T's, I've dotted all my I's, uh, I'm ready to go. Like, uh, we could go ahead and get out tomorrow and I'm good. Yep. Um, but then, that sounded good. Uh, even the thought was pleasant. But then reality hit. So, um, stepped out. Uh, October 31st was my very last day in the Marine Corps. November 1st was my first day as a self-employed entrepreneur. Uh, by December 1st, uh, that pucker effect, no more 1st and 15th paychecks coming in. Yep. Uh, Christmas time. Um, the pucker effect. Yeah. The pucker effect is what? That is when your butthole, your sphincter, is like contra- contracted. So probably about the size of like a baby's pinky nail. All right, I guess. Right. And uh, yeah, you can't even squeeze out a fart at that moment. Yeah. So it just uh, kind of tough to be creative as an entrepreneur. When yeah, you feel that way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you kind of focus on the the pucker. Yeah. Uh, yep. But it was uh, things just got real. Yeah. Uh, I started reaching out to a couple buddies to uh, see if uh, their jobs were hiring. Uh, I had to give my clients notice that you know this may be coming to a close. Yep. Uh, we uh, it really hit uh, it, it it hit the fan. Uh, so it was really like maybe I wasn't as well prepared as I should have been. Maybe looking back on it, looking yeah. back on it though. Uh, be honest, like wouldn't change what, the world. what what was the one thing that you could have done differently to prepare better? Um, uh, you know, I honestly don't know. I may have could have uh, saved more money. Um, uh, I probably could have networked a little bit better. Um, and I probably could have had a better understanding of the difference between running a business while you still have a safety net yeah. versus running a business when you are your safety net. Yeah. Uh, so because I had always run my business concurrently with being in the Marine Corps, it was never really that much of a challenge. I could always like, you know, turn off the lights, switch a business for a couple months, take a break, cut it back on, uh, take a few clients and turn it back off. You know, it was just, it, it was at my whim. Yeah, only um, but once November first hit, it was a whole different ball game. 
there are no more options. No. It's no more, you know, if you want to run a business this couple months, if you don't want to run a business, it has to run. Isn't that funny? Just, I want to stay on this for a second. It's, it's all good. Okay. Uh, I want to stay on this for a second. So, um, we, we always run back to what we know mm-hmm. when things get crazy. Right. Like when the, if things were going great, why would you ever run and go, and go back? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, you see what I'm saying? So it's, there's, there's fear that starts to pop all these different doubts into your mind or these different thoughts. What happens if it doesn't work out okay? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then you start looking back, be honest, you start looking back at the previous mistakes that you made as a business owner mm-hmm. or as an entrepreneur and use that as the reason why it's relevant now. This is why it's not going to succeed. This is why I'm going to fail. Is that, is that kind of what went through your mind whenever you were applying for jobs and telling your clients that paid you money saying, hey, listen, I, I, don't, know if I, can, I don't know if I can do what I said I was going to do. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to be a service provider for you anymore. I don't know if I can do that because i got to go get a job now. Yeah. Definitely went through a little bit of that. Yeah, just took me back to a little period of reflection. But, uh, yeah. I don't want to get too deep, but at the same time, it's this is important. No, you good. This is important because it's this is also where people that feel like they're prepared or people that don't take the time to think about some of these details. Mm-hmm. That's what the point of this is. Right. We've got to like come to grips with. Uh, well, what is an extra month worth of networking in your case? What is an extra six months worth of a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks a month that you can just put away? What would that have done for you? You know, I mean. What, what, what is that doing for somebody who's about ready to go do this right now? You know, it's, it's, it's a real thing. So that's why I'm asking. That's why I'm asking. No, it's definitely, uh, definitely a reality check. Uh, definitely a gut punch. But I definitely felt like a failure and had to go back and realize, like, uh, for one, I felt like, um, I felt like that was the point where it really tested me as an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. That is really when you're at that point of either you're going to put up or shut up. Like, are you going to go ahead and fill out the job applications? And I mean, considering that I have, like, I mean, I'm not like some single 19-year-old entrepreneur. No, no you, you got family. You know, yeah, I have, like, real responsibilities, yeah. you know. Uh, I have real bills. It's uh, So it was really at that point where either one... Uh, I just grabbed myself by the bootstraps. One thing you've heard throughout the whole time in Marine Corps, adapt and overcome. Yep. Uh, just had to suck it up and just push forward. And I'm glad I did. Yeah. So I'm glad I never got any phone calls back for the jobs I applied to. Yep. Um, you broke it down. I'm glad I went through it. And I will tell you, without, uh, without any hesitation, that was probably the best thing I could have experienced as an entrepreneur. So when you say the best thing, man, uh, what you've done is you've, you've embraced like the, the adversity that you were in. And when I say you embraced it, it wasn't like you were running towards it. Like, Hey, hey I've got adversity now. Yeah. Uh, it was like, Oh, uh, yeah, I've got some stuff I got to figure out here. Shit is real. Um, <laughs> and, and then coming out of that and, and now knowing that first of all, that you're capable Right. Of performing, regardless of what the uh, of the circumstances are around you, regardless of how bad it gets, mm-hmm. you can always figure it out. You're always going to be able to figure it out. So, knowing that now, 
how do you set goals? How do you uh, how do you move forward? How do you how do you take more ground? How do you go out there and, and dominate the world of fitness that you're in now? Or or, or is that part of your aspiration? It is not. Um, as crazy as it sounds to be an entrepreneur and not have um, the goal of a complete takeover, it, it sounds a little ridiculous. Um, my goal is to grow as I've I've set my goals where it's a little bit more um, not necessarily baby steps, but I'm gonna do the best I can and allow the direction to go and um, where it's supposed to, and I'll adjust where 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 I see fit. Right now, the focus is really just to continue to grow. And one thing that may sound stupid. Uh, and I've learned this from, uh, well, I guess, I mean, he could, he's not going to benefit from my little pub, but Gary Keller, the real estate guy has a book out called the one thing It's actually a program. Um, but it was, uh, between the one thing and a book called the four hour work week, uh, it, it's really put me into the position of trying to, um, definitely work smarter, not harder. Okay. So, uh, making shorter to-do list. Um, I never have more than five things on my to-do list now. Okay. Uh, the goal is to get down to three and, uh, focus on more, uh, quality driven work than busy work. So, um, it's important that we cover right, this right here. So, um, when I said take over the world of fitness, mm-hmm. um, And I'll, I'll, I may have to just edit this this part, but um, doing things big doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to set some big audacious, uh, like I'm going to, all right, so doing things big. So like you just you having the discipline to only put five things on your to-do mm-hmm. list, you having the focus to understand that I'm only going to do what I'm capable of doing. I'm not going to set goals to where I feel like I'm going to stretch myself beyond my capabilities, that is very humble, uh, just as from an observation standpoint. Like, how do you not allow yourself to uh, fall off the rails, so to speak, with your goal setting? Is it, was it because you felt like you bit off more than you can chew? Or how do you maintain that kind of humble but confident, kind of consistent uh, work ethic that you have and that you display? Like I said, I'm going to have to go back and edit some of this stuff. Good. But, you know. So... At first, I was uh, I had the mindset of the more you have to do, the more you're doing. Uh, but in my head, as I've grown and matured as an entrepreneur, um, just because you're doing more doesn't mean that you're getting more done. Um, just because you have a lot of things on your list, so you have 30 things on your list, doesn't necessarily mean that you're being productive. Okay. It means you're busy, but yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean you're being productive. Right. And that was like something that I had to understand because my list of things to do was two pages at times and it was just ridiculous. And it was almost to the point where I felt like I was adding things because I was scared to actually dive into what I had on the agenda. Okay. Uh, if I had a big item, a hot item on my board, uh, I would put 20 or 30 things a day behind what I need to do before I can do it. Like I would do that, but first let me do this. I this needs you. to be done. I got you. And uh, so I really had to get to the point of dividing things up between like 
what I would like to do and what needs to be done and putting my focus on what needs to be done and cutting off you know, what I would like to do. Yeah. And it just, it put me in a position where I was able to get a little bit more smarter with things and uh, devote more uh, mental space to things that can actually move the needle. Okay. Uh, like if I take a lot of this stuff off my plate, then I can go and I can research more things to help my clients out. Yeah. Uh, if I take all this stuff off my plate, then I can go and I can read a little bit more about uh, the, what's going on in the Austin area where I can go and network or I can go and attend this meeting. I can go and sit down for this podcast. Yeah. And I can, I'm able to juggle a little bit more and be productive. So it gave me, a, uh, I guess you'd say, like a, a bit of a breath of fresh air to like take a lot of this stuff off. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. You get those guys in the Marine Corps that they, in order to prep for a PFT or, or whatever, they would just, they would they would be so out of balance in one area that they would get burnout. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not just burnout in that one area. A lot of other things that they had neglected in order to sacrifice for this one goal would completely be in shambles. Now, you and I both know that when it comes to goal setting, when it comes to success, you have to have that passion. You have to have that burning desire to succeed in whatever it is that you put your mind to and you focus on. However, it sounds like what you've done is you've been able to focus your attention so heavily on prioritization and what's important and what can fall by the wayside and how you know, you've been able to actually balance that and uncover that. That's a skill that not a lot of people have been able to... And it came from messing up. <laughs> It came from messing up. So, like at the very beginning of getting kicking off uh, the business transition from DY's PT because I still had plans on doing twenty years in the Marine Corps, and then when I just made the decision to get out, uh, I started doing email marketing. So I write newsletters and uh, I would write blog posts, and then I started a podcast and I would make videos. So I was doing a lot of content heavy stuff, but uh, and what may I fall into everything with this podcast is I was doing all of this, but I didn't have a lot of direction. Yeah. I didn't have a destination. I gotcha. Uh, I didn't understand who I wanted to serve, if I wanted to focus on fat loss, or wanted to focus on competition prep, if I wanted to focus on like helping people build muscle or um, improve their athleticism. Yeah. Um, I didn't know. I just knew I wanted to be a personal trainer. Cool. Um, I didn't know why I was making all these blog posts and I was writing these things like once a month, I'm sorry, once a week. Then I would have an email newsletter that was completely different content that I would push out once a week. And then I would drop a podcast once a week. And it was just, it was so much that I wasn't understanding why I wasn't able to, I wasn't getting a response back for my work. And it all came down to not having direction understanding where I was trying to take my business. What am I doing all this for? Am I doing it just to have fun with it? Yeah. Like, what's the purpose of it all? And then once I started looking at, you know, I have a direction now. Yeah. Uh, there was no need for all that other stuff. Like, it was easy to scrape it off my plate. Because, I mean, it just, it was ineffective. It was inefficient. Oh, no, that's, that's quite the lesson right there, man. It's a hell of a lesson. It's an expensive one, too. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely an expensive hey, lesson. Time. Yeah. time and expense, I guess. It happens, man. Um, well, I appreciate you I appreciate you going into um, a lot of that, those details and, and really just being transparent. Because we do. We live in a world of filters. We live in a world of like, hey, man, here's how great things are. 
um, you get the highlight reel uh, in a lot of cases. And, and people, you know, they're, they're so immersed in the phone. It was, it was interesting. I was driving on Mopac uh, a couple of days ago and I'm driving and I'm looking around, watching people around me and they have their phones out and they're typing. You know, they're driving with their knee and they're typing as they're, as they're driving. And don't get me wrong, I've, I've done it before. Before Texas introduced the, you know, hands-free, uh, it was well before that. But what I'm talking about is, is, uh, is the busy work associated with, uh, with life. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, if you're a business owner, if you're a sales executive, if you're something uh, along the lines, if you're rewarded for your productivity, you feel as if you need to be productive all the time as opposed to learning the lesson that you learned, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's important that, you know, we don't, we don't have to participate in that world of filters. It's okay to get authentic. It's okay to, you know, let your hair down a little bit and understand the, the prioritization of productivity and it efficiency. Feels better. What's that? It feels much better. Hell yeah, it feels better. It feels so great. It's a, it's a good way to summarize. All right, so uh, to wrap this up, what, um, uh, where, well, first of all, how can people find you? How, how do, how do you people get in touch with Derek if they want to do what it is that they want to do in fitness and, and how can they, how can they help you? Is it corporations? Is it people? How do you help corporations? If in fact, that's what you do. Talk, talk to me about that. Okay. Well, um, uh, reach out total health evolution, not revolution, evolution of my Southeast <laughs> Texas tends to come out, uh, total health evolution.com. Uh, total health evolution on just about anything. Um, I prefer it if uh, just find me, Derek White, on LinkedIn. Um, for uh, online personal training, I'll be upfront and honest. I'm not really taking many online tr- clients. It's not a, uh, on my website. But uh, just reach out to me, ask any questions. If it's a company event, I'd love to come out for a lunch and learn. Uh, if you guys just want to sit down and just converse over some things that could benefit your employees, just let me know. So when you say that, uh, companies, they invest a boatload of money uh, to have insurance plans and benefits programs. And, you know, uh, they want to make things available to their employees. Also, the health of their employees is very indicative with the health of their organization. So very much so. Um, have you done some of those before or you've talked to corporations about the effect there's a long-term cost of not taking care of your employees or investing in wellness programs? Yes. Yeah. Um, luckily, a lot of companies are starting to understand that not only is um, including a type of uh, corporate wellness program into their, uh, just their, 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 their company mantra, I guess you could say, is, uh, is it's a good recruiting tool. Yeah. Uh, because people, uh, companies now have started putting more value into their employees because that's where you get your productivity from. That's where you get your customer service from. That's where you get your sales from. Yep. Uh, it's not necessarily just your product or your brand name. It's when your customers come in contact with your representatives uh, and they want to have the best reps. Yep. Um, but the Kaiser report has shown that more and more people are, more and more companies are uh, bringing on um, health and wellness professionals to um, take over their wellness programs or establish one because it does save them a ton of money. Yeah. Um, I have a law firm. I'll leave them nameless because I don't want anybody trying to steal my stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have a law firm that I'm uh, in negotiation with right now and they're, they're putting out $1.2 million. They're paying $1.2 million a year in insurance premiums for their attorneys. 
um, their goal is reduced at about 10%, which is massive. Um, so that's they see the value in that. I mean, yes, they save $120,000, but on the other side of it, they also see that this also means I have healthy employees yep. and they're not going to the doctor as much. They're healthier. They feel better about themselves. Not so, like it's stressful at all being a lawyer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and they have several different like specialties too. So I'm pretty sure everybody's running around there banging their heads against brick walls. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely say uh, it, it's beneficial for companies to have uh, some type of inclusive wellness program. For sure. Um, What's uh what's what's one thing uh this would be the last thing we'll wrap up with this people know where to find you got a, got a little bit of info about uh, about your business uh, obviously you're a veteran uh, former United States Marine mm-hmm. um, what's one thing if you were talking to somebody who was fixing to get out of the military uh, what's one thing in terms of checking the box that you would suggest that they do or have done before they get out uh, before you get out. Save you money. Uh, I would say it's definitely deeper than just putting some money to the side in your TSP. Uh, it's deeper than uh, just having a, you know, fifty dollars a month is what you're trying to command or try to convince you to do. It's deeper than that. Uh, when you're when you've made the decision to get out, uh, for one, the uncle the <laughs> the uncle who owns the business does not exist. I, I've heard that so many times from troops getting out. What are you going to go do? Well, I have an uncle who runs a business. Sure you do. Everybody does. Right? Mm-hmm. Got it. Rich uncles. Um, but I think the most important thing for anybody to do if they're getting out is to be, to look in the mirror and be honest with yourself. Um, if this is the right decision for you, um, and why are you getting out? I think it's the biggest thing. Uh, if you're getting out because you're tired of getting fussed at and you want to be on your own, like, I mean, just understand that that, that has consequences with it. Uh, similar to moving out of their house uh, with your parents. And when you're in high school, you want to move out uh, because you're tired of being under their rules. And then you hit the real world and you find out that real world rules have real consequences. So keep that in mind as you... Uh, you think about getting out, really think about why. Maybe you've been a brat and you just need to suck it up and ride it out. Allow yourself a little bit more time to save up some money so you could do it properly. So That's awesome. That's good. Appreciate your time, man. I'm, I'm full of all kinds of fortune cookie signs, man. I'm good for it. <laughs> <laughs> fortune cookie sign. I like it. That's awesome. Well, I uh, appreciate y'all. Uh, this upcoming week, uh, we've got a few episodes that are going to hit. So check us out, SoundCloud, download it there, or go to Facebook, Unofficial Knucklehead, Instagram, Knucklehead Podcasts. So get some wins, get out there, make some mistakes, learn from them, and learn from other people too. That's that's called wisdom, at least. At least that's what I've been told. So, all right, we'll see y'all. Take care. Love you.